Sarah, I would love to welcome you to PR Hangover, but really, I should be welcoming you back. Thanks for tuning in to PR Hangover. You're listening to a bi-weekly public relations podcast brought to you by Grand Valley State University's chapter of PRSSA. I'm your host, Olivia Dolly, and I want to thank you for choosing this podcast to cure your PR hangover. Sarah, welcome back to PR Hangover. I'm super excited to have a GVSU alum. Um, you've sounds like you've come a long ways, and somehow you've kind of like gravitated towards back to Grand Valley. <laughs> Thank you so much. Great to be here, and yeah, great to be back at Grand Valley. Wow. So, um, I guess over the years, did you ever expect to come back here and work at Grand Valley? You know, I kind of had this weird hunch that I would end up back at Grand Valley. I remember back when I was, I would have been 13 or 14 years old, I took my first tour of Grand Valley, and I just absolutely fell in love with it, even from way back then when I was a freshman in high school. And I used to hang up, uh, like, the promotional, pro- the little brochures and things that they would send in the mail. I would hang them up on a bulletin board as sort of, like, a motivator to <laughs> yeah. get myself through high school because I just loved Grand Valley so much. And then even when I was here, um, I worked as a student employee. I worked in social media for the Alumni Association, and I remember when I was about to graduate, I would just be, like, refreshing Grand Valley's job site every day looking for a job like the one that I'm in now so it's great to be back this is my favorite place um, but yeah super excited to chat yeah, that's oh that, I love that story that's so cool that <laughs> you always full circle yes. moment oh yes yeah it's almost just like you were meant to be here yeah I know yeah it kind of feels that way uh, so do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do here at Grand Valley sure so um, this is only my fourth week in this job so it's still mm-hmm. very fresh but I am the social media specialist in Grand Valley's University Communications. So this essentially means overseeing um, all of the official Grand Valley social media. So any account that's at GVSU, essentially I get to oversee and work with. So it's been really exciting and I've already learned so much about this university. There's obviously a lot of different facets, a lot of different departments, but um, it's it's been awesome and the, the team is great. So. Yeah, still oh. learning a lot. Oh, I'm sure. It hasn't even been yeah. a month yet, but oh, it's been that's fun. awesome. Yeah, I, I feel like that would be really cool because, you you know, the different departments, you don't always necessarily get to learn about right, them. And right. then, yeah, so oh, that's I'm awesome. Seeing it all from up high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So I guess before you were the social media specialist, did you have any other past internship experiences or jobs? Yeah, so I started out um, when I was a senior in college. I worked for Grand Valley's Alumni Association, like I said, and that was a social media student role um, that counted as my internship. So that was honestly one of probably the most valuable experiences I've ever had. Um, I never really saw myself going into social media. This wasn't necessarily the career that I had anticipated or wanted at that time, but you know, it was a job, it was on campus, and I was like, that's an incredible experience for, you know, an ad and PR major. And so um, just sort of went for it and ended up working out and being a, a super valuable experience. And the team there was great as well. And so, um, yeah, starting out there and that sort of just led into my next job that was a social media job. And then that job led into this job. So um, I've ended up falling in love with social media, I think, in a way that I never really expected but yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that I did. Yeah wow that's really cool. I feel like with social media there's a lot of different ways you can go with it and you really get to learn mm-hmm. about a brand and then all the other departments within that and everything. Yeah and sure. I think it can be a little challenging when you're 
young. I think, I mean, I was running that social media when I was 20, 21 years old. And even now, I mean, I'm only 24 and I'm in charge of <laughs> the wow. entire yeah. you know, social media for a university. And mm-hmm. when you're that young, you have a lot of imposter syndrome and Mm -hmm. you you know there's so many times even now where I'm like am I even qualified to be doing what I do (laughs) like it's it's definitely scary but it's been it's been really good getting to sort of overcome that and Mm -hmm. and realize Mm -hmm. that yes they wouldn't have hired me if I weren't capable of doing this job so we all know that social media can kind of be both a blessing and a curse how do you think that you can kind of manage your time using social media for work and also leisure usage, I guess. Is it hard to kind of keep both of them separated or do you just enjoy it so much that it's just like not even something that you think about? Yeah, I'm on it far more than I would ever like to mm-hmm. admit. Um, I'm on TikTok probably mm-hmm. 24-7. And of course, you know, I can <laughs> yeah. justify it. It's yeah. like work. I'm doing yeah, research. Right. I see what's trending. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm on TikTok all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my personal Instagram. I also compete in the Miss America organization, so I have a separate Instagram for that. Um, I do have a Finsta. You sure, do, you're yeah. Oh, yeah. The concept, yes. yeah. Which is probably honestly where I spend most of my time. But that's you <laughs> right. know that's where yeah. all my close yes. close people yes. are. So I'm on all yeah. the time. <laughs> I love I love like especially with Instagram. You know, you can have different accounts for different things that yes. you're interested in. Very and that different you do. niches. Yeah. For me, oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So what do you think is your favorite platform? Oh gosh. Okay, I would have to say. TikTok, and I sound like such a Gen Z saying that, but let me explain why, because I think this is fascinating. When I was in college, I took, um, it wasn't even a full class on this topic, but we spent one class period talking about like meme culture Mm -hmm. and how memes are created and how it's just sort of this really unique cultural phenomenon that before our time didn't really exist, right? Like this way of communicating things that are funny to us, things that we're passionate about, whatever it may be, things that happen in our culture. We communicate and we express so many of those things through memes and I think it's fascinating. But TikTok is like the ultimate platform and the ultimate way to create those just because of how it's set up. Like you have these audios and then multiple people can use the same audio but Mm -hmm. then add their own Mm -hmm. twist on it. And it really is just so, so clever. And I could nerd out on that alone for hours Mm -hmm. because (laughs) I, I had one TikTok. It's the dumbest TikTok in the world, but it went viral about a year ago. Um, it's got like I think 5.8 million views and it's just this stupid video my friends and I made in, um, New York city, but we, I can go back and see like who's used my audio, who's mm-hmm. duetted it, who's whatever. Cool. And there's this guy who ended up like posting it to his Instagram page. It was like made on TikTok, but I only saw it on his Instagram. And he like like wrote this whole song behind like this beat that's in the TikTok that I made that I didn't even notice. And it's insane. Like the way that we can add on to the things mm-hmm. that other people have created is sure. fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I've just, I've always loved that about TikTok. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good perspective. I never really <laughs> thought about that. Thanks for letting me nerd out on yeah. that for a second. Yeah. You know, I also think it's interesting how you could post something and it can blow up, but then yeah. something else, like you just have to find that algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know, so much of it, you're right. You might think something will do great and mm-hmm. then it really doesn't. And yeah, it's, 
always it's a day by day oh yeah challenge yeah for sure so how have you learned to kind of navigate landing on that to kind of get the visibility and everything yeah you know I definitely don't have it down to a perfect I don't think (laughs) anyone does (laughs) but I think with a lot of a lot of what we're seeing in social media is that you have to be so quick um and there for instance in my first or second week that I was in this job I had an idea um, for a TikTok on the Grand Valley Instagram. And I was like, oh, shoot, am I going to have to like wait for this idea to get approved? And then by the time I get it, this audio isn't going to be trending anymore. And then we're going to be late and then it won't do as well. And I'm really grateful that they, the day of, they were like, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on awesome. the official yeah. I'm like, okay. Wow. So I did and put it together and um, it did fairly well. I think it's still we haven't done anything since then, but it, it did better than anything we've done in months. So I think a lot of it is just being a very quick adapter to what's happening mm-hmm. um, and recognizing <clears throat> those trends and using those audios and things like that. That's at least my two cents. I know there's a lot mm-hmm. more to it, but mm-hmm. that's my by practice. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And then I guess um, when you're speaking on, you know, like the photo platforms like Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and all of that, how would you say that you you get like the most engagement from with those. Yeah, and again, still learning. It's mm-hmm. the fourth week for oh, me yeah, here. Yeah. But in my experience, I think the most important thing you can do is just continue to put out high quality content that you know your audience is coming to you for. Like there's no use in trying to like hack an algorithm or mm-hmm. find some shortcut mm-hmm. way. Like you you just need to continue to provide the kind of content that you know people are coming to you for. So for Grand Valley, obviously that's updates on things that are happening for students. And we have our goals as a university and as a department of, you know, pushing enrollment or, you know, whatever those goals may be. But um, <clears throat> people come to the Grand Valley Instagram expecting nostalgic photos of campus mm-hmm. or, you know, different awards or accolades or things that Grand Valley has won, sort of those pride points that make them proud to say that they're a Laker and just continuing to put out that content, um, which is easy because Grand Valley is such an incredible school. But um, those things, I think, and just prioritizing that very ethical, good, well-created content Mm -hmm. is baseline always going to be good and Instagram is always going to reward that kind of behavior right yeah I feel like there's this new thing on Instagram where you don't see everyone's posts and you just see the people that you interact with the most and that's sort of been a struggle too especially at my older job I noticed um, we really pushed Instagram stories just as a way you know day-to-day getting people to know so I used to work at a luxury clothing store which I know we'll talk a little bit more about (laughs) in a bit but um we wanted people to know the faces of you know the people that worked at our store and we wanted people to feel like even though this is a luxury clothing store it's not intimidating you can come into the store you can talk to us we're your friends that sort of thing and but we really tried to push that through you know Instagram stories and day-to-day content and I realized that our the percentage of people who were viewing our Instagram stories was like embarrassingly low because you know Instagram ranks you know the who's in your stories feed at the top Mm -hmm. um semi-chronologically but also by who you're most likely to engage with and I was like well that means people aren't like engaging with their content so like what are we doing wrong so we sort of really had to evaluate like 
okay, are we posting way too much? And then mm -hmm. people just get sick of seeing us, people mute us, or are we posting content that people don't really care about or just content that's not really engaging? And then once you start to really evaluate that and you evaluate, um, you know, what people want and what they're coming to you for and what people like to engage with, then that cycle sort of starts of, okay, then they're gonna start to engage with our stories more because they see our stories more. So yeah, sometimes it's definitely worth taking a step back and being like, hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> evaluating, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that can be applied to just about any sort of situation. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you deal with any, I mean, being like a university page, probably not as much, but do you deal with any like hate comments or any like oh, negative backlash? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get a lot, and I haven't seen, you know, a ton in my couple of weeks here, but um, during COVID, obviously people had very strong emotions on both sides oh, yes. as to what we should be doing as a university. Of uh, really negative comments, even today, um, as we're recording this, today is Indigenous Peoples Day. It's also technically Columbus Day, mm -hmm. and so we posted about Indigenous Peoples Day and the land acknowledgement of, you know, the land that Grand Valley is built on, who it originally belonged to, and some people are like, it's Columbus Day, mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, you know, yeah. you just gotta... Yeah, you can't make everyone happy. And yeah. you can't, yeah. yeah. I think with getting, you know, comments like that, even on some of my own personal videos and TikToks, people are just so rude and uncalled for on the internet, and... I think you really have to do your best to sort of separate your emotions from that. Right. And, you know, it's obviously easy when it's your work mm -hmm. that you're putting online to really, like, get defensive over it yeah. and you want yeah. to react. But people are only saying those things in the comments because they want to get a reaction out exactly. of you. Yeah, no, that's definitely something you kind of have to keep in mind, especially on such a broad platform. So I know that you were also once the podcast director for PR Hangover. What kind of motives made you want to be the podcast director? And is there kind of a specific direction that you wanted to take the show? So I actually starting out, I didn't, not to say I didn't want to, but it was not my plan. It actually mm -hmm. wasn't something... <clears throat> wasn't something that I went for. Um, they sought me out after another podcast director fell through. And I was like, you know what, that sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah, down for that yeah. challenge. And so I gave it a go and ended up falling in love with it so much that I actually have my own other podcast now. Oh, wow. I ended up really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite experiences, one of the first guests I ever had, I was taking a trip to New York City. Um, unrelated to the podcast, but there are two women who run a um, PR firm there. Their names are Chelsea Nachman and Molly Barnett, and they it's a sort of niche boutique PR firm that focuses in Broadway shows. And one of their biggest clients is Dear Evan Hansen, which is one of my favorite Broadway shows. And I was like, there's no way they would ever be free to even do a podcast with me, but I'm just going to send them a message and, mm -hmm. you know, my my mom always says the worst they can say is no exactly and I was like, you're you're right it would suck if they said no but at least then i'd know so i emailed them and they were so honored that i would ask them and i'm like are you kidding me they're like absolutely <laughs> yeah. we'll make it work whatever yeah. you need and so mm -hmm. i went to new york and ended up like recording it in the sort of conference room of one of their apartment buildings and oh. it was they were so so gracious and generous and it's really funny when you talk to people of that level 
obviously that was my first podcast so I was like shaking I didn't know what I was doing like mm-hmm. I was <laughs> like they just gave me this microphone and now I guess I'm like almost, <laughs> and so I was obviously nervous and petrified but it's almost funny because they were more nervous wow like, more petrified, really? even yeah. though they're these big shot you know uh-huh. but they're like we're usually behind the camera like we're on the other side of things on the PR side and so but getting to talk to them and hear their experience was incredible and mm-hmm. I think my goal with the podcast was sort of to showcase as many of the different facets of PR as possible because I feel like when I was first getting into the program I didn't even really realize how many different things you could do um I didn't realize that there's you know like a boutique PR firm for every thing you could possibly imagine I didn't you know like I just didn't even realize all these things were out there and even like crisis communication social media management like there's so so Mm -hmm. so so much so I just I really tried to interview as many different people as possible and sort of give students a glimpse into what's even possible for them and I also definitely had like a a selfish um, motivation to, you know, talk to people who are, you know, in the exact fields of work that I wanted to be in. Mm -hmm. And even though I didn't end up working in a Broadway niche (laughs) PR firm, it was still so cool to have that experience and to have that networking. I think the networking is absolutely the biggest thing I've taken from that podcast. No, exactly. It's definitely like, it helps your self-confidence a lot. And just knowing that like these, I mean, they are very well respected and they have done a lot of really cool things but at the end of the day you know we're all just people yes exactly and I'll there's so many times there was one time I was recording one with um a, a Grand Valley professor and we were sort of talking about interviews and paperwork and things like that and I it was before we even started recording I just kind of mentioned I'm like oh, I really like you know I feel like my paperwork's good and you know my resume and everything but I just really feel like I could like use some more eyes on it and she was like oh my gosh send it to me and I'll look it over and you know just even little things Mm -hmm. like that like this will help you stand out and people are going to remember your face and your voice because they did a podcast with you and that is so 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 valuable so definitely take advantage of that be a little selfish with it yeah just make the most of it for sure right because when I when I first got on I was like okay so what am I supposed to do and they were just like, you know, you're free to do just about it, yeah. you know, take it wherever you want. And I was like, oh, it's so what? weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Absolutely, no, yeah, but, get used yeah. to that feeling because mm-hmm. I still, every day I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but people trust me to do it. And <laughs> right, so you yeah. Just get to, yeah. Yeah, make it your own, Exactly. I guess. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish that you would have done on the podcast that you think about, oh, mm-hmm. I should have done that? I just think, and it's easy to say this in hindsight, um, Mm -hmm. I was so busy when I, Mm -hmm. when I was hosting the show as a senior and I just, Mm -hmm. I wish I would have been able to give more to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. uh, Yeah. I just like anything else. I wish there were more hours in the day. I wish Mm -hmm. there was more time for me to do more things, but yeah, that would definitely just be my advice to you is, is be selfish with it. I mean, they gave you this tool and this platform and, um, obviously the, the work that you do, other people can listen to and other people can take advantage of, but you have a really, really cool opportunity. Mm -hmm. Wow. Exactly. Well, I know that it sounds like you were really busy with the show and then also your schoolwork on top of that, but were you involved in any other clubs or organizations on campus? Ooh, um, oh goodness. Think way back. When I was at Grand Valley, I was very involved um, with campus ministry, which has mm-hmm. also given me 
an incredible network of people and even in the past couple of weeks that I've been working here on campus I've already seen them oh, so much awesome. and working in the Alumni Association um, I got lunch with one of them today so um, was really lucky to have so many supportive communities and mm-hmm. even though I graduated like two and a half years ago it you know it still feels almost like I never left so right. wanted to be sure I kept my ties to PRSSA oh, yeah. and PR oh, for as sure. well yes yes <laughs> awesome cool yeah and then I also you competed in Miss America I guess I'm not very familiar with um anything like kind of related but if you want to just give your little like spiel about it I'd love to hear so um yeah people always say that and it's just so funny because I love when people ask questions Mm -hmm. and I love when people genuinely want to know more about pageants because I think there's so many stereotypes and there's so many things that people believe about them Mm -hmm. that aren't true Um, and so when people ask you know genuine questions and really want to know more it makes me very happy so I have been competing in pageants since I was um, about 13 or 14 years old and it was never something I saw myself doing. It was so far out of my comfort zone. I was like, that's got to be a joke. <laughs> There's no way right. people actually do this. Um, and ended up just going to watch one. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Here we are a decade later. <laughs> so that's provided me with a lot of good interview practice. Um, I've done, you know, like hours and hours of mock interviews and um, standing on stage and answering, you know, a political controversial question is terrifying and awful and my least favorite part but all of those skills transfer over to when you know I'm just as nervous sitting in a job interview and in the last couple weeks at this job I've even been able to interview people which is like my first time being on the other side of the interview process Mm -hmm. to where I'm not the one being interviewed and that's given me a lot of really really good advice um, as well so yeah just kind of like a good way to practice practical life skills for sure. Yes, absolutely. It's really cool. Yeah. And so, um, do you have some interview do's and don'ts that some people could kind of take from? Yeah, I would say, um, first, you know, a lot of this is going to be redundant. If you've ever looked up interview tips on Google, they all say a lot of the same things, but I've realized that's because people like don't listen. (laughs) They don't don't do that. So like follow those tips. Uh, My first tip would be obviously research the place that you are interviewing at, especially if you work in social media, please look at their social media because we, I mean, that's something we ask whenever we've interviewed people here at Grand Valley is like, so what do you think of Grand Valley social media? Um, Maybe come up with a few suggestions or a couple of things that you liked that you can speak on um, because that, is very impressive so Mm -hmm. definitely do your research make sure you know everything that's on your resume it's always really embarrassing and this has happened to me when you know when you graduate from college or you're looking for jobs you know you're applying to everything so do that research know those companies but also know your own paperwork because it's really embarrassing when they're like tell us more about this that's on your paperwork and you're like I don't remember. So definitely know your own paperwork. I always say these are like my fast facts and then mm-hmm. I, I have longer stuff too. But um, I always say come up with, you know, for each job that you were at or each thing that you have listed on your resume, come up with, you know, like a thing you learned from that, a challenge from that, because those are really common questions you know, just Google common interview Mm -hmm. questions and be ready for them. Um, I think at my last job, one of the most challenging questions 
that they asked me was, we have people who are way more qualified than you applying for this job. Why should we hire you? And I probably would have passed out if they had asked me that, but I prepared for that question. Mm -hmm. So then you're fine. You know, you just have to, the preparation I think is everything. And another thing that um, I realized in my time here is that I see this so much in myself in the past now, hindsight's twenty twenty. but um, when you're young and you're just starting out and you're trying to get sort of that first job, I think we get so nervous because we just want to say the right thing. Mm-hmm. We want to like fit in the box. We want to be exactly what they're looking for. And that's good. Obviously you want the job, but you there needs to be a certain authority to it um you can't just sort of be passively hoping that they like you and that's one thing that i've definitely learned through pageants and and had to teach myself a little bit but you need to walk in and you need to actively show them like why you are what they are looking for and i think for a lot of us like myself i mean i struggled so much with that imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and just not feeling at all like i'm qualified to be doing what i'm doing so that's hard to walk in and be like hey you guys are looking for this position and like let me show you exactly why and even i mean we've had instances where maybe someone walks out of their interview after we interview them and we're sort of debriefing about it and maybe we're like oh just wish they, you know, kind of had more of this skill or we mm-hmm. didn't really see this. And maybe they did totally have that skill, but it just wasn't something that happened to come up in the interview. So you need to, you know, really be sure to be like, this is me. And hey, we haven't talked about this yet, but I have a lot of experience in X, Y, and Z. And I think that's like a perfect, you know, thing for this position. And I think having that extra step of confidence of being like, I know that I would be a good fit for this position is really, really hard. But that from what I've seen in just my couple weeks sets you apart so much Mm -hmm. so just kind of knowing your brand knowing yourself and then kind of yeah yeah and it's it's having that confidence in yourself which again is so hard to do while you're young Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if you if you have the work um or maybe if you don't even have the work yet but you know that you have the skills from other areas of your life or you can go in there and say hey I know that I might not have you know exactly the qualifications that you're looking for but like I'm a super quick learner like here's Mm -hmm. other ways that I've been a quick learner in my life being able to just have something to show for it and so a way to articulate it which is another thing being able to articulate it is the hard part (laughs) and one of the biggest pieces of pageant advice I would always get was look at yourself in the mirror and actually say what you want to say and don't break eye contact with yourself because that is another thing is um it is incredible how many people don't like to look other people in the eye especially in a a job Mm -hmm. interview setting because you're Mm -hmm. nervous nervous, so that is is one tip that's so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but so worth doing is like Mm -hmm. staring yourself down in the mirror and saying (laughs) (laughs) it's scary Uh. Wow. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that either. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot to consider. And then it's kind of hard too when, you know, you're there, you practice everything, and then it kind of just, like, it all goes out the other year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, just, you get in there yeah. and you, like, completely black out. Right. And you're like, what did I say? That happened to me at this job interview. We got to the end of the interview. And they were like, okay, Sarah, do you have any questions for us? And I was like, I'm sure I do, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't have them right now because I'm yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah. Uh But also, on that note, um, 
follow up and say thank you after okay. every single interview, even if it was just like a quick 15 minute phone call interview or just a Zoom one, always, 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 always send mm-hmm. a thank you for their mm-hmm. time. Yes, for sure. Yes, that's a, that's a really good one. Yeah. I think <laughs> you can definitely kind of like tell yourself apart from that and everything. So. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a huge part of what PR is, is setting yourself apart. And we know that the presentation of something is almost just as valuable as the thing itself. So if you can go in confident, and this sounds so cliche, and I, if I heard this when I was a student, I would have been like, yeah, okay. But if like you can go in confidently and you can give them a good handshake and you can look at them and you can articulate what's on your resume and why you think you're good for this job and then send a thorough thank you afterwards, like that, you could do the same thing. You could have the same resume as somebody else, but if you do those things, like you mm-hmm. will stand, stand out. out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really good advice. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot to think about and it's a lot mm-hmm. that, you know, we kind of know inside, but then we don't, we, it's just like a good kind of refresher. Yeah. It's so interesting yeah. being on this side of it now. Cause I'm like, gosh, I heard all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, you know, that it's true, but on this side, I just, I see it so differently. Interviewing can be very daunting. So I give you so much credit for that, but Thank you so much for being here and for speaking with us today. It means a lot to the listeners and also myself to just get another perspective of someone who has had the opportunity to run the podcast. And it's just always really interesting to hear the stories of how alumni have come back. You know, it's just you never know the direction that life may take you. But thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. And I look forward to sharing this with the listeners. Thanks for tuning in to PR Hangover. I will leave Sarah's contact information in the show notes below if you want to check out her podcast, any of her Miss America prep, or if you just want to chat with her. She was super helpful and a really great resource. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will see you next time.